All right. Now you're good, man. And he said to them, so we're in Mark uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. So it says this. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be, to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Verse 22, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret to accept to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And if he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. My name is Mark. Uh, we had a little uh, problem there, but Devante is all right, man. You're supposed to read, but it's okay. It's okay, man. There's, great, there's grace in this room, okay? It's all right. Maybe not afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. No, but thank you all uh, for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us on the 4th of July. I know that you could be in a lot of other places right now, which is, which is great. I'm glad that some people are with family or friends, but I'm really glad that you're here today. Um, just thankful for the opportunity uh, to open God's Word with you. Uh, thankful for Tanner uh, and trusting me uh, to be up on this stage and to proclaim the, the Word of God to you. He's out of town right now with his family enjoying time off, so we're, we're glad he's able to get some rest and enjoy time with family. So pray for them as they're uh, getting some rest and, and getting ready uh, to start up again. Um, but if you have your Bibles, just as Alex just read, we'll be in Mark chapter 4. We'll continue our, our study through Mark uh, chapter 4. So we'll be in chapter 4 today, verses 21 through 25. Um, I'm going to pray right quick, and then we're going to open up the Word and, and, and start. So God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for the many people that came this morning to help uh, set up, uh, God, from the people that drive the truck to the people that rolled off the carts to the people that set up the playpens in the kids' room and the sound equipment and, and, and from the worship band. God, thank you just from, for everyone just serving uh, God, uh, ultimately you, Lord, serving your church. So I'm thankful for, for them. God, thank you for the opportunity to, to open your word this morning with everyone in this room. Father, I, I pray that you would please open our ears, uh, the ears of our heart, the eyes of our heart, to see what is truly here in your word this morning. God, that you would block out distractions that we, we may have in our minds right now. That God, that you would, God, that you would withhold Satan from s stealing the word of God from hearts this morning that... Uh, need to hear this, God, that you would uh, prepare the ground of our hearts as we, as we hear this word, as the gospel goes forth, as the seed is sown, God, that you would allow this, the, the gospel to fall on good soil. God, for those who don't know you, God, if they, maybe for the first time, they would truly see, as we just sang, that your mercies are more, that our sin is definitely great, but your mercies are more. God, that you have, there is forgiveness in you through Christ. I pray for those who do know you, God, that, again, you would continue to uh, help this soul hear the word of God and accept it, Lord, and, and challenge us um, and for what you had to, to say to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So if you, if you know who Charles Spurgeon is, which all of us, if you don't know who he is, you should go look him up. He's a great pastor a long time ago, um, but I love uh, reading his sermons. Uh, it encourages me, and I feel like I get saved every time. Not really. 
Uh, we only get saved once, but that's, he's a great pastor. Um, but he says this. It says, Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher of his day, once said, The Bible is not the light of the world. It is the light of the church. But the world does not read the Bible. The world reads Christians. You are the light of the world. Let me read that one more time because I want, this is, this is, I think this is really good for our text today. It says, The Bible is not the light of the world. It is the light of the church. But the world does not read the Bible. The world reads Christians. You, Christian, are the light of the world. When I read that quote, it really hit me that I was, when I meet people on the streets uh, sharing the gospel, when we go share the gospel with football guys on Tuesdays, uh, I really do see these guys and that I've met. Uh, they may have been to church a few times and may have read their Bible a few times, but they don't actually know what the Bible says. Right? They don't know the, the, the real story of Jesus. But they have me and the other guys, as we go out and share the gospel, the, the football guys like Devontae and Rodney and Matt and Zach, as we go out there, those guys are reading us. Right? And so they're saying, these guys claim to be Christians, so what does that look like? What is their life portraying? Right? And so we, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big thing to have on your shoulders, but it's also an awesome thing because we have the source right here. We have everything we, we need to know right here in order to share Jesus properly, right? For his name to be honored, to be glorified, right? And so I want that statement to stick with you that the world is not necessarily reading their Bibles, right? But the world is reading you if you claim to be a Christian. This quote is spot on, and I, I want to share an example. Um, uh, again, I've met many people that say uh, they've never been to church, they never read their Bible, uh, but just yesterday, as, as I was working out, this lady that works there, me and her have a lot of conversations about Jesus. And she says, man, every time you walk in, there's something different about you. There's a, I, feel, I feel relieved when you walk in. I feel peace. I feel rest somehow. Um, and I told her, like, that's, <laughs> that's not me. That's Jesus, uh, like, shining his light through me to you, All right? Because she has a lot of things going on in her life, and my wife's got to talk to her, um, and, and we tried to invite her to church. But she said that, and I said, man, it's, it's not me, it's Jesus that you're seeing through me. And it made me excited to know that God is honoring and glorifying himself through me, that his light is shining. Like, these lights are shining right at me. These are really bright. I pray and I hope that that light, Jesus' light, is shining that bright out of me to a world that needs Jesus. Right? Another story I have is when I went to Beach Reach, where it's this mission trip that we take every spring break to go to South Padre, Texas. All the party years go down there and party and, and, and do all those things. On the, on the other side, we give free van rides, we give free pancakes to the people there and get to share Jesus, right? And many people there have said, there's a difference that I see in you guys, right? There's something that you have that I don't have and I want to know more. I've had many people tell me that and some other people have gone to Beach Reach like Rodney has. I'm sure they can, they can say the same thing, that those people there, they're having fun, right? But when, when they talk to us as Christians, they see something different and they want to know what that is. And I share with him, it's not me again, but it's, it's Jesus' light shining through me to show you, hey, I've come to forgive you of all your sins and to give you rest and true peace. Right? And so again, the world is not reading their Bibles necessarily, but the world is reading you. Right? And so the question I want to ask as we start, uh, as we look at, our, look at our text today, does your life reflect the light of the world, which is Christ, if you are a Christian? Right? That's the question I want you to think through. Just as Tanner talked about last week, and we're going to look at it again, this is as our text is, is, is moving on from what Tanner talked about last week about the seed being sown 
and about the four different soils, if you remember, right? And all of us in this room are one of those soils, right? And we'll talk about that in here in a sec. Um, but just as that, as we're a Christian, we are called now to go and shine our light as we'll look at our text today. And so the question I want you to ask as we're going through this, does your life reflect the light of the world, which is Christ? Um, I love this quote by uh, David Platt. He says, uh, he, asked, he asked the question, he goes, am I reading the Bible like my life depends on it? Because it does, right? And then, am I sharing the word of God like other pe- people's lives depend on it? Because it does, right? And so those are the two things. Am I reading the word like my life depends on it? Because it really does, because this is reality, this is truth, right? And then, therefore, as I'm reading, am I sharing that with others like their lives depend on it? Because it truly does, Right? Because we are either in darkness and stuck in sin and slave to our sin still, or we are in the light because Jesus has forgiven us of our sin through what he did for us on the cross. Right? And if you're in this, this section of the light, are we shining that to the world so that others would come to the light as well? Um, so as I said, uh, as we looked at our text last week in Mark 4, uh, 1 through 20, as Tanner preached, uh, I think, again, to understand our text, we must understand the parable of the sower which is in verses 1 through 20 of chapter 4. As we learned last week, Jesus shows that there are four different types of soil which represent the human heart. The seed that the sower spread represents the word, right? So as, as a farmer goes out and spreads seed, right, as, as we as Christians, we are also have this seed, right, which is the word of God, and we are spreading, we are sharing with others. Um, and, the, and the three soils I want to touch briefly on so that we have a better understanding, if you look at uh, chapter 4, Starting in verse 15, uh, he says, And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. The first one, it says, When they hear, so when the seed is spread, when the gospel is shared, it says, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Right? So as maybe as you're sharing the gospel with someone, it goes in one ear and out the other. Right? That's all it is. That's all that that person hears. Right? So Satan is snatching that truth from that person. Uh, going on, verse 16, and the next one, it says, And these are the ones... So on the rocky ground, the one who, when they hear the word, immediately receives it with joy, and then have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Right? So this is another, another uh, thing where the seed is shared, the word of God is shared, and they accept it, but then tribulation hits, persecution hits, right, according to the word, and they're like, ah, oh, I can't do this anymore, and they leave. Right? That gospel didn't really take root in their life. And the last one, verse 17, or sorry, 18, it says, And others are the ones sown among the thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the uh, deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and that proves unfruitful. So it's like when you accept the word, but then something else, quote-unquote, comes along that's better, they let go of the gospel and go towards that, whether that's riches or things of the world, whatever that might be. So those are, those are three soils that when the word of God takes root, it really doesn't take root. And so those people are not in Christ, right? Because the, the, the word of the, or the, the gospel didn't take root. But if you look at verse 20, we see that the seed that does take root, we see what it does. It says, but those who were sowing on, those who, that were sowing on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Right, so if you are a Christ follower, praise God that the, as the word of God was proclaimed to you, as it was sown to you by someone else, right, whether that's through a preacher or through people in your life, that the word of God took root in your life 
and the light came on kind of in an analogy and you realize that you were a sinner in need of saving, right? And now you've accepted that word and it's bearing fruit in your life, right? And when we say bear fruit, that means that you're more patient, you're more kind, right? You're less angry, right? You're pursuing holiness rather than pursuing sin, right? And today in our text, we're going to see specifically the fruit that comes from uh, us accepting the word of God is faithful witness to God. Right, again, shining a light. So we as followers of Christ now, just as the first disciples are called and even commanded to go and make disciples of all nations, if the good news of Jesus Christ is taking root in your life, then you should, as we will see today, be shining the light of the gospel to the world. So let's read verses 21 through 23 in chapter 4. He says this, And Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket? Or under a bed, and not on the stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. As we see in verse 21, uh, Jesus, again, who is the he, right, says verse 21, he, which is referring to Jesus, said to them, to them in, in, this, in this text, in this context, is the disciples of Christ. Right before we saw that Jesus was talking to a huge crowd, but now it's dialed in on these, on these disciples of Christ, this, the 12 disciples, right? So he's not talking to the crowd anymore. He's talking to his followers, the disciples of Jesus, of Jesus right? So this, is, this text is mainly for followers of Christ. So if, as it says, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. So if we're in Christ, we should listen to what Christ is about to say, right? Because this is for us as believers, so this message is for the faithful, right, for the few disciples who receive the word, as we saw in verse 20, those who receive the word and it's growing and taking root. Um, uh, and as we look at verse 21, it says, look at it again, and it says, is a lamp brought into to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? I think Jesus uses this metaphor because back in the day, uh, they, had, they didn't have electricity, obviously, but they had fire and lamps. And so when it refers to a lamp, the metaphor of the lamp that Jesus uses here was drawn from the common experience of the people of that day, whose homes were illuminated at night by oil lamps. These lamps were made out of clay and looked something like a bowl with a handle on the end and the wick at the other. The wick was drenched with oil from the lamp so it could keep burning. This tiny lamp was expected to give light to the room. Right, and so these people back in the day, they would either put on the walls where to shine, bring the most light in, or they put it in the center of the room Right, where it shine the whole room up. And so that's what Jesus is using as a metaphor here. And if you've ever been camping and it's pitch dark outside, there's no moon, no stars, right? You're not going to put the fire inside the tent and zip the tent up, right? <laughs> that would be not good, burn your tent up first, right? But you wouldn't see. You would put the fire outside, that way it illuminates everything around you, right? So in the same context as we're seeing here. So that's what I hope we all see. The answer to Jesus' question is no. Of course, we do not put a burning lamp under a bed or under a basket. This would defeat the whole purpose of the light. The lamp's sole purpose is to be in the center of the house where it brings the most illumination. The point of Jesus' analogy is clear. Those who have received the light of the gospel are not to conceal it. Rather, they are to shine for others to see. And I hope we hear this as followers of Christ to be reminded um, I love 2 Corinthians 4, 6, um, that says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God 
in the face of Jesus Christ. All right, so if you were in Christ, I want us to be reminded that once we were in darkness, once the lights were off in your heart and all you desired was sin, all you desired was selfish things, right? Me, me, me. But this verse says, let light, who, for God who let light shine on the darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Right? One moment you were in darkness, enslaved to your sin, the Bible says. But when you heard the word of God, as verse 20 says, and you accepted that word, the lights in your heart came on. And you saw for the first time the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that an amazing truth? That we don't sit here that I just became a Christian one day. But God took you out of your sin and gave you new life. Right? You were enslaved to sin but when Jesus Christ saved you from your sin, when you heard the word and accepted it, the Bible says then you are enslaved to righteousness. Now you are right before God, not because of how good you are or because of how good I am, because of what God has done for you through Jesus. All right. So again, before we received the, received the word, we were enslaved, uh, which darkness here represents. Um, and so I want us to really understand that and grasp that because if, if I say, it's, hey, shine your light, but we have to understand the, the, the root behind that, right? If, if I say, hey, go out here and do this, but if I don't give you a meaning or a, a, a thing, a, something behind it, it's kind, of mean, it's kind of pointless. But when you understand what you've been saved from, and now Jesus is saying, go and shine your light, that gives you that, that desire to go and do it because you know what you've been saved from. So friends, if you know that you've been saved from your sin and your soul rests secure in Christ, shouldn't our response be to shine the light of Christ through our lips and the way we live? Again, the lamp is illustrating the message of the gospel, which is that Jesus has come into the sinful, dark world and is redeeming people by his shed blood on the cross. Just as when a lamp is lit and it dispels the darkness, so Jesus, who, who is the light of the world, shines in the darkness and dispels the darkness of sin. Hear this. Our purpose is to shine our light. We are saved, ultimately, and the main purpose that we are saved is to project the light into the world. I love Matthew 5, 16, and Jesus says, Let your light shine before men, so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Right? So Jesus tells his people, Hey, now that you have the light in your life, now you've been redeemed, and now you, now you know Jesus as your Savior, now let that light shine before men. Let them see your good works. Let them see that your life has changed, and not because of who you are, because of what Jesus has done for you. And the result of that, Jesus says, and they will give glory to your Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing? So all we have to do, man, is walk around as these lights are shining at me. We, you know, you can see we walk around shining the light of Jesus, pursuing it, serving others, loving others, growing in the holiness, right? And people will see that, and the result of that will be that they will give glory to our Father in heaven. Isn't that an amazing truth? So again, all we're called to do is to shine our light, and God, as Matt will preach on next week, God will grow that seed um, in that, so we can trust him in that. But all we're called to do as believers is to go and shine. As we move on to verse 22, uh, Jesus gives the explanation of the parable in verse 21, if it's not already clear. So let's read verse 22. Jesus said, he starts off, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. The word for shows us that verse 22 is about to show us the meaning of verse 21. It is the continuation of the same thought of verse 21. We see here that possibly the disciples were wondering, should we teach in parables as you are now, Christ? Because they were observing now, because Christ before 
chapter four, he was teaching and disclosing the kingdom of God clearly. But as Tanner talked on last week in chapter four, from here on out, Jesus is gonna be teaching in parables. Meaning, uh, as we see all in, in Mark four, verse 11 through 12, Jesus says, um, while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand. So that's what Jesus started teaching these parables. It was an act of judgment on these religious leaders, right? Because Jesus was teaching clearly about the kingdom of God, about, about who he was. But these guys didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. They kept condemning him. And as we talked in a couple of weeks ago, they, they came together and said, how can we destroy this man? Right? So at that moment, Jesus says, as an act of judgment, they're going to hear, but they're not going to be able to understand. Right? And so the disciples are wondering, should we teach in the same way? Should we not disclose the truth of God? Right? But however, verse 22 makes clear that the truth that was given to them was hidden and is now to be revealed and proclaimed. Again, verse 22 says, Nothing is hidden except to make manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Right? And so Jesus again is saying, No, you are to disclose this truth now. You are to, to make it known to everyone around you, right, that who I am and what, what I'm about. So Jesus' plan was to send them out first in Paris to preach the gospel, as in Mark 6 talks about. And this would prepare them for when their full commissioning comes in Matthew 28, right? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, right, and, and proclaiming the glory of God, right? So he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Before, because I'm with you to the end of the age, right? So he's preparing them for what, when he dies and ascends, to go and proclaim, to go and shine the light, to disclose the truth. So the disciples were to faithfully proclaim the message. I love what MacArthur says. He says, The seed of saving faith in their hearts was to produce the fruit of gospel witness. This mandate to shine the gospel light did not end with the first disciples. It began with them and has fallen on all of us who are believers. Christians are called to eagerly proclaim the excellencies of him who has called them out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And that's First Peter 2, 9. We are now the sower, and the sower is to sow the seed. The lamp must be placed where it can shine. So again, friends, are you concealing the light, or are you shining it brightly for all to see? Does your life bear witness in shining the gospel light as priority? Right? If I were to, to watch you for a day or for a week, or if you were to watch me for a day or for a week, Will our lives see that we prioritize the gospel, right? Or do we prioritize other things first, right? Again, if we've been saved from, from sin and now we have hope of heaven, right, this should spur us on to go and proclaim this to people who are still in darkness who don't have hope so that hopefully they can have hope in Jesus. And again, and as it says in verse 23, it says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And someone, I was reading through something, and they said this phrase by Jesus, in verse 23, is the second most spoken phrase, uh, phrase by him. Jesus is saying, are you listening? Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? Right, and that, that was convicting, because when I read that, a lot of times I just read my Bible, and not just to read, but I can pass over a lot of things and close my Bible and check it off. Right, but Jesus is stopping here in mid-sentence saying, hey, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. I believe it is easy for us in the West, and especially here in West Texas, to come to church 
and only the half listen or even not to listen at all. We do not give the word of God priority in our life. Jesus here is stopping before he finishes to make sure we are truly understanding what he is saying. If we truly understand what he is saying, it should lead us to act. To hear is to respond. To hear and not do is not to hear at all. I love, again, what Spurgeon says on this verse. He says, Take heed that you hear obediently. That is to say, put in practice what you hear. For it is no use to hear unless you do so. You say to a man, You have need of such and such such a diet in order that you may be restored to health. And he says, I thank you. But he never uses that diet. And then complains that he hasn't gotten any better. Right? And Albany, Chad, Yard, I'm sure you've met people that they come back, I'm not better, but did you do what I told you? No? Okay. Right? So they, they heard, but they didn't listen. So in the same context, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm telling you this, but are you really listening? Are you paying attention to what I'm, I'm telling you? Right? And notice that in this verse, um, verse 23, it says, if anyone, Jesus says anyone, this message from Christ is not just for pastors, it's not just for leaders, it's not just for older Christians, mature Christians, but to all those who are heaven-bound. If you are a disciple of Christ, hearing his message to shine the gospel light through your life should lead you to action. So is your life reflecting that? Are you hearing obediently? Lastly, we see Jesus pressing the theme of being attentive here in verse 24. Look with me at verse 24. Jesus said, and he said to them, pay attention what you hear, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. So again, we see here the, the idea of hearing, right? Another way we can say this is pay close attention to what you hear. We see that this is a direct statement to you, again, referring to the disciples of Christ, right? The truth that Jesus was explaining to them was to be established in their minds. He wants them to understand this, right? He doesn't just want them to Say, all right, moving on. But he said, hey, I want you to sit here and listen to this, meditate on this, think about this, right? Pay close attention to what I'm saying. So Jesus here is speaking in the proverb uh, when he says, again in verse 24, um, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added. This saying by Jesus is to provide us wisdom as proverbs are meant to do. Throughout these parables, I want us to remember that the focus is the word of God, right? As we saw 1 through 20 last week, as the sower went out to sow, what, what does that mean? He went out to sow the word of God, right? And they accepted the word of God. So the focus is the word of God. If we are to shine the light of the gospel brightly, we need to continue to take in the word. The meaning of verse 24 is to what measure you listen to the truth, to that same measure, measure you will benefit from it. It is with the measure of truth being re- received that that truth will impact your life for good and for God. Did you hear that? So if you're thinking, man, my life is just mundane and I just go through my day, are you listening to the Word of God? Are you paying attention, right? Because it says right here, if you're measuring little in with the Bible, you'll measure little out, right? But I like that it says, if you measure, it's with the measure of truth being received that that truth will impact your life for good and for God. An illustration maybe can be one of an athlete. An athlete who is only half listening and half putting in practice what he is learning will not grow much. Right, Natalie? Would you say that's true? In soccer, 
So in the same way, Christians, if you're not open to hearing the truth and putting it into practice, then to that degree you will benefit, which is not much. So we are told by Jesus to shine the gospel light through our lives. How then, Christian, will you shine brightly if you are not growing? Just as a lamp will not burn bright if the oil is low, so too, Christian, you will not shine bright if you are not delighting in the truth. I love the story in Acts chapter 4 where Peter and John are proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And these religious leaders of the day see Peter and John doing all these miracles and, and, and shining their light brightly. And the religious leaders say to these guys, or not say to them, but they recognize it says that they had been with Jesus. So because these guys are doing these awesome things for the Lord, they're uncommon, the Bible says, uneducated men. Yet these guys are shining the most bright. They're the brightest person they've ever seen. Even the people that know the word of God see these un- uneducated, uncommon men, common men, right? But because they've been with Jesus, it says that they're shining brightly, right? It says they recognize that they had been with Jesus. Oh, I love that verse. And I think about that every day. Can people recognize that I've been with Jesus? Can people recognize that I've been in the word of God, right? And not just to boast and mark, but because I need this for myself. And then to leave my chair and to go out into the world and say, man, I recognize that Mark's going to be Jesus. I recognize he's different, right? And I can share with him, hey, it's only because of Jesus in my life, and you can have that same in your life. Right, this story shows that just as these men spent time with Jesus, their lives therefore shine brightly, Jesus. Let us be a people that have ears to hear and the truth that we received to be shared with others. And the end of verse 24 is very encouraging. It says, and still more will be added to you. Um, This is encouraging that as we receive truth from God's word and share with others by shining our light, God will not only bless us by the standard of the measure, but far beyond. Did Did you get that? He says, and still more will be added to you. More what? More desire to hear the gospel more desire to share with others, more joy, more blessing, more insight and understanding. Christian, if you desire more insight, more joy, more opportunity to share the gospel, then take in the word of God, right? Measure in the word of God, share the gospel, and Jesus promises us that still more will be added to you. And that's, I, love, I love that. That, that, just, that warms my heart to, to get that. We should spend our life seeking truth and sharing with others, and as we do, God will not just measure back to you what you have measured out, but more will be added to you. Again, listen to what Spurgeon says on this. I love this quote. He says, There is an endless abundance in the hand of God that is infinitely full of delights to the man who is willing to receive them. He who gets but little of Christ and hears but little of Christ has but little comfort and joy. But he who will go into the business heart and soul and invest his whole capital of body, soul, and spirit in it he is the man who shall be rich to all the intents of pleasure. I love that. If, if you have little of Christ, right, and you have little joy, little comfort, if you come in this room timid and thinking about all the anxieties of the world, right, and you're not resting in Christ, what does your life look like in, in, in secret? What does your life look like in spending time in the Word of God, right, in accountability, right? It says right here that he has an endless abundance to give you. He wants to give you the pleasures. He wants to give, the Bible says he wants you to give you the kingdom of God. Right, and so take hold of that, and and you have more and more of God, more rest, more peace, more joy, and so that's just an encouragement to us 
to spend more time so that we can receive more of who God is. So Christian, be a person who, is rich, who richly feasts on the word and let that lead you to shine brightly into this world, the truth of Jesus reconciling sinners to himself. Last, we'll look at verse 24. He ends this section with a straightforward statement. He says, For the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Christians who are eager to take in the truth and share it with others, those who are fruitful, those who have accepted the word and now are bearing fruit for him and, and sharing and, and that stuff, Jesus says, more will be given to you, just like we just heard in verse 24. But I want us to take a warning, as he says here at the ver- end of verse 25. Listen to this at the end of verse 25. From the one who has not, even when he has, will be taken away. By contrast, Jesus says those who have not will have what he has taken away. And I believe, and as I was looking at commentators and stuff, uh, it says that they were referring to false converts. The reason for this, I think, as we look back in Mark 4, 16 through 19, remember the, walk, the rocky soil and the weedy soil, right? Those who hear the word, and then it goes one ear and out the other. And that's happening right now in this room, right? Many of us are, are having that issue, and I, I, want, I want you to heed these words, right? That maybe some of us are rocky soil or weedy soil, right? And, and you think that you're a Christian, right? But as it says immediately, it's fallen away, it's taken away. So these soils that receive the word, it seems that you may have, have spiritual life. I mean, you've probably met people like this that call themselves Christians. But in the reality, they do not possess it. There's an illustration I love that I think that helps us is, is a parable of the talents in Matthew 25. There's three servants who are entrusted with their master's property. They were given talents, which represents currency, and they were expected to go and make more currency, right? So there's three guys the master gives him their money and says, hey, I want you to go make more money. Well, I'm going off on a trip. When I come back, I want to see more, more money, right? And so it's representing the kingdom of God. So those who had the light of the gospel were called to go and shine it to others. Right, so two of the three uh, servants made more. Uh, I think one made five and then they made ten. And so they made more after the, after the one talent they were given. But one servant goes and hides that talent, goes and hides that currency because he thinks that's the best thing to do, so he won't lose it. The parable goes on, when the master got back, he was joyful over the two servants that made more for him, right? He was happy that there was more. But for the one servant that hid his, the text says, the master took his one talent away and cast him into outer darkness. Again, that's a parable, and it's representing those of us who claim to be in Christ. Right, those of us who have received the light, if you believe you received the light of the gospel, what are you doing with that? Are you investing in other people's lives? Are you investing in your family? Right, you're investing in time in the word of God, and is that leading you to go and share? Right? Are we making proper use of the light that has been given to us? Because if we're not, the Bible says, those who have not, even what he has will be taken away. And that, and that parable says he was cast in outer, outer darkness. Right? And Jesus says, he could come to Jesus at the end of their life and says, Jesus, I did all these things for you. But Jesus says, I never knew you depart from me. Right? And they're cast in outer darkness, right? In eternal hell, apart from God forever. Right? So evaluate your life, right? Which, which, again, which soil are, you, soil are you? And if you are in the soil that's accepted the word of God, what are you doing with that? If you claim to be a Christian, does your life reflect desiring the word? Are you living out your life for the purpose of shining the light of the gospel? 
This is why God has given you eternal life and why you are still here on this earth. And I pray that Redeemer Church would, be make, would, be, would make proper use of the grace that has been freely given to us through Christ. So as we close our time today, some things to consider. If you are in Christ, is your lamp burning for all to see? Is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ the center of your life, just as the lamp is to be the center of the home where it makes, provides the most light? Be reminded that you do not stand redeemed on your own. Um, and now I have hope of heaven because of how good you are and of yourself. But God, I love what Romans says, but God be enriched in mercy. Um, it says, while you were still his enemy, sent his son Jesus on your behalf. Right? And through his death and resurrection, you have now received forgiveness of your sins. Right? Does that, does that stir up joy in your life to know that you've been forgiven of all your sins and now have hope of eternity? Right? And I'm not saying I, I wake up every day feeling that way because I, I don't, sadly. But I have to get back in the word of God and remind myself, right? That I, this, is, this is my identity now in Christ. And that's just stir our affections, right? And bring us joy and hope and then just let that overflow into our lips and into our lives as we live out our daily life. As we take in gospel knowledge, gospel truth will overflow from us. People around you need light. I know that as you're hopefully you're thinking about people in your life that need the light. Maybe it's your family members or people at your workplace, right? These people are still in the dark. Um, but God, by his sovereign hand, has placed you where you live and work and play so that you would refract his light to them. But remember, God is the one who will uh, bring the growth of the seed of the gospel. All we are called to do is spread the seed. So I just I encourage you to continue to hear and often and continue to shine brightly. And lastly, if you're not a Christian, if you're in this room and you may be one of those soils that uh, hears the word, but when things come into your life, maybe you've let go and started living your own life or whatever it may be, and, and, and honestly thinking about that, I want you to hear that Christ loves you and that the seed of the gospel is still available for you, that life is still available for you through Jesus, that you still have the opportunity to be forgiven of your sins. I pray that you would accept this word and it would bear fruit and good and lasting fruit. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. This good news is your only hope. You cannot expect salvation by going anywhere else than going to hear the word. The way of salvation is by faith in Christ, but faith comes by hearing. Are you hearing the good news? Are you understanding that you're a sinner in need of redemption and that comes only through Jesus? It's while you're hearing the gospel that you're led to believe it, right? It's evidence that lies in itself. The cross enlightens men by its own light. John 12, 36 says, Believe in the light, that's Jesus, that you may become sons of the light. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you given your life to Christ and seeking forgiveness of your sins and made him Lord of your life? If you haven't, today you can do that. You can, you can cry out to God and seek forgiveness of your sins and allow that word to God take take root in your life and bear good fruit for him and for his glory so if you don't know if you don't if you don't know if you know jesus i'd love to talk to you in the back as we close the band can come up if you want um, as they as they sing these songs just meditate on that um, as you're as if you're a follower of christ meditate on are you shining your light for the gospel of, of the glory of god are you taking in the word daily and then pouring it out to others all right so for all to see for all to see the light of jesus through your life uh, meditate on that and also we'll do the lord's supper uh, if, you, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are one that has the gospel light in your life, you've been re re redeemed through Christ, 
uh, that his blood's forgiven of your sin. The Lord's Supper is for you. It's a representation of the juice that it represents his blood that was poured out and shared on the cross for you. And the cracker and the little cup represents his body that was broken for you on the cross. Right? I know that many we, we do this every week, but I really want us to, to do that this week. Meditate on your, in your chair right now, and as you go and get the juice and the cracker, let that be reminded that Jesus came for you on your behalf and shared his blood, broke his, his body on the cross for you, specifically for you, right, so that you'd be forgiven of your sins and have hope in heaven. If you're not in Christ, we ask you that you would refrain from taking the Lord's Supper and just uh, meditate. How do, if I don't know Jesus, how can I come to know him? I want to know him. Um, and we'll love to talk to you more about that. But however the Lord leads, let him lead you. God, thank you just for this opportunity. I pray just for uh, the people in this room. Uh, God, I thank you for everyone in this room. God, I love everyone in this room. I thank you, uh, Jesus, that you love them even more. Uh, God, that you love us, Lord, unconditionally. And we see that uh, practically through you sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. I pray that we would re recognize that this morning, God, in light of the 4th of July today and, and going to spend time with family and friends tonight. Uh, God, I pray in this moment we would um, just meditate on this truth that's been told. Father, I pray that the, the word that was sown today, Father, Father, would fall on good soil, Lord, and that you would grow it and, and let the seed bear fruit in someone's life today that doesn't know you. Uh, that they would, for the first time, maybe understand that they need you, Jesus that they're broken over their sin, they're broken over what they did last night, they're broken over uh, what they've done in their life and, and feel like maybe they have no hope now because of what they've done, but I pray that they would see the cross, see what you've come and that you've shed your blood for them, that they can be forgiven of all their sin and come back in a relationship with you. God, I pray for those who are in Christ that they would be reminded um, and be refreshed in the gospel, be reminded that, that they were once in sin and now alive in Christ and that they, that would Help them to go and shine brightly uh, in their daily life. Thank you, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.